This episode of Red or Dead is sponsored by Avid Reader Press and Mouth to Mouth by Antoine Wilson. A successful art dealer confesses the story of his meteoric rise in this sleek, swift, and graceful novel with unexpectedly sharp teeth. Sly, suspenseful, and engrossing, Mouth to Mouth masterfully blurs the line between opportunity and exploitation, self-respect and self-delusion, fact and fiction, exposing the myriad ways we deceive each other and ourselves. Welcome to Red or Dead, a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about the world of mysteries and thrillers. This is episode 118, and we are recording on Monday, January 10th. I'm Katie McLean Horner, along with Nezra Javid, and we are coming to you from Book Riot. Hi, Nezra! It's been a minute! Hi, Katie! Happy New Year! Yes! It is a new year, isn't it? Doesn't, <laughs> doesn't quite feel like it, just feels a lot of more of the same old, same old, but... <laughs> It feels like the sixth week of December, honestly. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how it feels too. Weather-wise, emotionally, COVID-wise, yes. but I don't know. <laughs> so yeah. how was how was your the, the last few weeks for you? They were good. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how much exactly am I willing to like? How much of, am I willing to break down on camera right now? But no, no, it was good. It was filled with tons of rest, which I'm always appreciative of. I got to like tons of like unplanned naps. Oh, <laughs> tons of like family time. We got we just recently moved into a new house, so tons, tons of housework, which we wouldn't like which we wouldn't have gotten to like till the end of next year we were able to take care of like so many boxes it's it's just nice restorative stuff it was also full of like starting books not finishing books you know the same oh yeah (laughs) uh and it was it was good how about you how was your time how is it looking in chicago oh well god weather-wise we just had an ice storm like on this last weekend so yeah, that that was real treacherous trying to walk out to my car <laughs> across our apartment parking lot. But no, it's it's been it's been kind of bonkers in Chicago at least in terms of just the whole COVID situation and as a lot of people are experiencing across the country right now, pretty much everyone I know seems to be testing positive for COVID. Mo- uh, and most of these people are vaccinated. Some of them are boosted. So it's it's a little frightening. But thankfully, so far, everyone has been able to pull through without any lingering issues. So it's intensely grateful for that. But yeah, definitely feeling more and more like a hermit now because now I'm, I'm like, oh my god, everyone has COVID right now. So we've <laughs> both Blaine and I are boosted. We've upped our mask game. We've got we've got K95s at home, and we're you know just trying to be as careful as we can while also recognizing that oh my god, this is almost the second full year of the pandemic. So you know, same old stuff. Yeah, a lot to contend with. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. And I also have a growing, well, I have a growing stack of books that I keep bringing home from the library, but I haven't been able to really get to them. So like you said, the starting and finishing, yes. or starting and not finishing books has definitely been my routine routine for the last few weeks or so. But yes. have you have you managed to finish anything? 
so this is one book. So let, let me, let me. of course, there's always a background story with me. But this is the book I'm currently reading. It's Death in Her Hands by Otessa Moshfe. And this was a book my friend and I, we have a Christmas tradition where we always exchange one book that is on our wish list. So this year, instead of, you know, exchanging books, we decided, you know, we already have the growing masses like of books surrounding us. So why not not add another book to the stack? And let's read a book together and then get on a video call, discuss it, catch up and stuff like that, right? So sounds like a great idea in theory. And it was actually. uh, So we just did it yesterday and it was so, so wonderful. But as always, I had to be that person who was like, I I haven't finished that book. I was like (laughs) 70%. (laughs) She was completely done with the book and she was like so excited. to And I was like 70% in. I just, I do not know. Like, I could not, like, and it's such a fantastic book. If you haven't heard of the book, it it is a mystery, but it's like, it's referred to as a metaphysical work of suspense because the whole time you're not quite sure what's going on, but you're not sure in a way that doesn't, like, it doesn't take away from the reading experience. You know how, like, there's some reading experiences where are that are generally difficult, where you have to invest a lot of energy. Um, But in this one, Everything just flows, but at the same time, you're very aware of like, huh? Like something's not quite right here. And it's about uh, this old woman um, named Vesta who is living, hinted at that it's it's just like a isolated mountainous region. She's living in the she's just isolated villa cabin with her dog. She's she's recently widowed. So she's grappling with that. And then she goes out for a daily walk and she finds a note that says Magda is dead here. Magda's body lies here. I I did not kill her. I don't know who killed her. And and it's just like and she becomes obsessed with who Magda was. What's her story? How who killed her? Like like why is she dead? And then you just basically and you don't think that's something that you would want to read, but Odessa will make you think otherwise. So I'm seventy percent into this book. I'm hoping to finish today or tomorrow. It's fantastic, super readable, and it's Death in Her Hands by Odessa Moshfei. But what about you? What have you recently read, finished, not finished? Tell us. Finished one book that I finished this evening that we (laughs) recorded. And this is a book that I had to listen to the very, very end to make sure that I was going to be okay recommending this book to different people. And I will say... This is not going to be a book for everyone because it is such a just it is such a difficult read. And by difficult, I mean difficult emotionally. It's called Take It Back by Kia Abdullah. And it's a I guess you would call it a legal thriller, but it revolves around a rape case in London. So trigger warnings for rape, for racism, for xenophobia, for just about everything. And there, there is so much happening in this book. It, the layers is, it's just kind of, it's astounding, but it also just hits so close to home in so many different ways that, yeah, I'm not going to go into too many details again because, because the subject matter is, is so, so difficult to listen to. But I think the story is done. I think, I think it's done very well. I think the author conveys a lot of compassion towards towards victims of rape and sexual assault. I think she 
conveys that very well without shying away from the difficulties that come from reporting stuff like this and the repercussions that reporting it can have. There were points in the book where I didn't think that I, I was I was not sure how it was going to turn out or points where I was like, oh my gosh, am I going to have to stop listening to this? But I finished listening to it. And ultimately, I think that I think the author did what she set out to do. And I am glad I listened to it. But again, a very, very difficult read that I give with with all of the heads up so that no one goes goes into it blind. It is a very difficult one. But thought provoking, will it make you angry? Absolutely. It's just oh my gosh, it just hits on so many emotions. But yeah, it's it, it was really astounding. So yeah, again, that's called Take It Back by Kia Abdullah. I heard about this book when it came out, but some of the reasons you've mentioned I've stayed very of it. But um, like I'm glad it sounds like it's a very important book, and I'm glad you were able to finish it and recommend it to so many of our listeners. With that, let us jump into our episode. But let's first hear from our first sponsor. Excellent. This episode of Red or Dead is sponsored in part by Forge Books and A Thousand Steps by D. Jefferson Parker. A Thousand Steps is a beguiling thriller, an incisive coming-of-age story, and a vivid portrait of a turbulent time and place by three-time Edgar Award winner and New York Times bestselling author T. Jefferson Parker. Laguna Beach, California, 1968. The age of Aquarius is in full swing. Timothy Leary is a rock star. LSD is God. Folks from all over are flocking to Laguna, seeking peace, love, and enlightenment. Matt Anthony is just trying to get by. Matt is 16, broke, and never sure where his next meal is coming from. Mom's a stoner, his deadbeat dad is a no-show, his brother's fighting in Nam, and his big sister Jazz has just gone missing. The cops figure she's just another runway, enjoying a summer of love, but Matt doesn't believe it, not after another missing girl turns up dead on the beach. All Matt really wants to do is get his driver's license and ask out the girl he's been crushing on since fourth grade. But in a town where the cops don't trust anyone and no one trusts the cops, uncovering what's really happened to Jazz is going to force him to grow up fast, if it's not already too late. We thank them very much for sponsoring this show. All right. So if you are a new listener, welcome. We are delighted to have you in the new year. If you're a longtime listener, welcome back. I hope everyone had a had a decent New Year's and is looking forward to t- whatever things 2022 may bring us. <laughs> we'll just leave it that way. So like we said at the beginning of the show, we cover mysteries and suspense and true crime and just about anything that falls under that mysterious suspenseful umbrella, whether it's new subgenres to explore, author read-alikes, adaptations of books that are coming out. As long as it's mysterious or suspenseful, it's probably fair game to talk about on the show. And this is the point in the episode where we always put out a call to our listeners to let us know if you have any suggestions for upcoming episodes. They have helped us plan so many episodes in previous years. It's a great way for us to know what you, the listeners, would like to hear more of. It's a great way for us to expand our own reading horizons. It's just, it's a really great situation all around. So if you have any ideas or recommendations, you can shoot us an email or reach out to us via social media. 
We're going to have all of our contact information at the end of the show and in the show notes, but we always put the call out ahead of time, get those creative juices flowing. And even if you don't have an idea and just want to say hi, we love hearing from people. And if you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review over at Apple Podcasts so that other people can find us and join in every two weeks listening to us talk about mysteries. And with that, I think we just need to jump right into this jam-packed episode of our most anticipated books for 2022. Huzzah! All the Muppet Arms, Muppet Arms. Yes. There are so many good books coming out this year. Holy cow. I only got till March, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how it usually goes. Now, yes. I, I will also say that our one of our favorite resources to use for this is Crime Read's annual most anticipated crime fiction of the year list that they put out every January. This list is a goldmine of books that you by authors that you undoubtedly have heard of, debut authors that you haven't heard of, indie books that, that aren't getting as much publicity, just so many amazing gems on this list. There's like over 85 titles on this list, so you are guaranteed to come away with a, with a just a long list of titles that's going to make your TBR cry. And that's what I used to pull most of <laughs> most of my suggestions for this episode. Yes, that's pretty much right. And I love all of like Lit Hub's and Crime Reads most anticipated lists because the books that had not even been on my radar, they just like shine through and it's just uh, it's just such a fun fun thing to welcome every new year of it. So I am excited for my picks. Yes, I am too. And I've, with that, I'm going to turn the microphone over to you. I am really excited to hear about your first pick. This was also on my list. All right. So my first pick is Devil House by Jorn Darniel. And this is coming out January 25th. So not do like not do ahead in the future. It's 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 getting there. And hold up. The the one of the reasons. So I read I think I read a sample of this and then I requested an e-galley and I was uh, fortunate enough to get an e-galley of it. And then the beginning of the book, the first ch- chapter of the book starts in Millipitas, which is a town in the suburbs of San Francisco, and it is 20 minutes away from me. And as soon as you base a book in somewhere where I'm living, like presently, I will immediately buy the like the hardcover edition of that book and like put it on my shelf. That is just how it is. That is just how I roll. But that like that's where the book starts and immediately I was sold and then uh, this book is like how do I explain it? So I have not read it completely, but I, what I have read and what I have heard is so so fantastic. It's basically about Gage Chandler, who whose mother has always, you know, bolstered him that he is a descent, like he is a descendant directly from the kings. There's nothing he can do, and now he's a true crime writer with only one success to his names name, and then some other works that he has written that have helped him pay his bills, but have never been have never really been, you know, breakout successes. But he is then offered a chance to move into a house that is called the Devil House by the locals in which a pair of murders occurred in the 1980s. And it seems like it was the work of frustrated teens. And he is basically told to, you know, like 
document uh, document his stay in that house because he's a true crime writer and just like you know associate horror with that mystery and all of that and true crime so he begins his research and he starts writing and then it just becomes this puzzle that he has to end up solving so it doesn't it's not like a linear thing that he has to investigate and report on which you know, which often seems like the plan or whatever, but it it just it just becomes this convoluted puzzle, and he finds himself dragged in. He becomes like part of the puzzle, and then he had like he finds himself confronting him like his you know about what he has been writing, about what it means to be a writer in general, and it just like it just leads him to this whole existential and we sort of situation, but this. This does not map into like, you know, oh, he's just sitting and wondering what is the purpose of life. But it's like a bonkers. You can imagine if someone has an existential crisis in the middle, in the midst of a house where a gory, almost occult like murders took place. What what would that result in? You know, and might possibly be haunted. Who knows? You know, so um, it's just like haunted house, mystery, true crime, writer, all of the a place where I was like I live in right now, <laughs> all the boxes, all the boxes, it's ticking them so hard that I that I am super excited. I know for sure that I'm gonna get a like get a physical copy of this book and have it and just inhale it. And that cover is gorgeous. Oh my goodness, it's like it's enough, but like you know, not too much. But it's also like oh, just perfect. But yeah, so that's the first book that. When I thought of the year 2022 and what am I most excited about, that was the first book that came to my mind. So it's Devil House by John Darniel, and it comes out January 25th. Yeah, that one was on my list for most of the reasons that you mentioned. And now I can add, it takes place where Nezra lives. So I'll add that to my checkbox. <laughs> so if you wanted to read a book that takes place near where Nezra lives, exactly. pick, up, <laughs> pick up Devil House. All right. So my first pick, since I have been digging the psychological thriller social horror mashups last year, I have another one that I am really excited about, and that is called Cherish Farah by Bethany C. Morrow, and that comes out on February 8th, and it's, if you like stories where there's a lot of manipulation going on, this book is seems like it's going to ring all of those bells. So you have Farah, who is the main character. She is a black girl who is friends with the only other black girl in her country club community. And so the two of them are friends. There's Farah, and then there's Cherish. And Cherish was adopted by a white, wealthy family. And Farah is, Farah sees that Cherish is, well, she is cherished by her parents. And she, and Farah is jealous because even though they are both part of the same upper middle class country club community, she's seeing things that, things that Cherish's parents give to her, do for her, that Farah's parents can't do. And so Farah is always trying to find a way to get in on this. So she, as she tries to manipulate her way into the family, something happens with Farrah's family. They lose their house. And so her parents kind of give her the option. She can either come with them as they find a new job in a new state or Cherish's family has off, has offered to take in Farrah, give her, give her a place to stay. And Farrah's like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing that. But 
the more she tries to kind of worm her way in, the more you realize that there's other stuff going on. And you're not quite sure where one, where one thing ends and the next one begins. And this, this book is like all of these, these books that, that combine psychological thrillers with social horror. It's being compared to Get Out, which is starting to get a little bit, a, a little tiresome. Not that I don't love Get Out. I do, but we've got to find more descriptors for this. But the one that also piqued my interest, they said it's like Get Out meets My Sister the Serial Killer, which I loved. Loved that book. So, yeah. So I am really excited because it just sounds like there's all kinds of unreliable narrators and unclear motives and just like when you think you know what's going on, it just seems like you're going to realize that there's something else going on. And it just seems like the type of book that's ripe for your stomach, just kind of going like, oh my God, just sinking lower and lower. And I love that kind of read. So yes, I am super duper duper excited for this one. That Again, that is called Cherish Farah by Bethany C. Morrow. And that comes out on February 8th. Oh, I love it. I um, I, this this was one of the books that I was like, I am so intrigued, and I want to add it to my list. But then I was already seven titles in, so then I had to cut it short. <laughs> um, but you know, as I do. But before I move on to my next pick, do you want to give us our second sponsor? Yes, I would be delighted to. So our second sponsor for this episode is Scribner and When You Are Mine by Michael Robotham. From When You Are Mine's first line, I was 11 years old when I saw my future. You were locked into Michael Robotham's tale of Philomena McCarthy. She's an ambitious young police officer in London who becomes friends with a perhaps manipulative subject of one of her investigations, and her dedication to doing the right thing makes her run afoul of the boys' club in the police force, which only adds to the difficulties she faces having come from a mobster family. As events conspire to place Philomena on increasingly shaky ground in her career and her relationships, it ultimately becomes clear that her very life may be at risk. So Michael Robotham is a really well-known author of suspense novels, psychological suspense, and I've read a couple of his books before. They're really, really good. So if you are also a Michael Robotham fan, or if you're just kind of looking to dive into something new, you can pick up When You Are Mine by Michael Robotham, published by Scribner. And we thank them very much for sponsoring this episode. Awesome. So my next pick. My next pick is The Great Mrs. Elias. And this is by Barbara Chase Reboot. And it's coming out on the February 8th. So just a fun fact, in case, you know, a lot of the dates sound similar is because a lot of the books, actually most all, I want to say all, but close to all books come out on Tuesdays of every week. That is why a lot of these books will sound like they're clustered together, but they're the different Tuesdays of the upcoming months. I just thought that was a fun fact to add in there in case everyone was like, we just picked all the books that are coming out in the same day. <laughs> uh, so my this pick is The Great Mrs. Elias. This is based on a true character. It's a, it's a fictionalized account of a true character. It's a Hannah Elias, who was one of the richest Black women in America in the early 1900s. And it's basically chronicles the story of her life. And if anyone you know for readers who love diamond doris or who just or who love the personal librarian 
just like accounts of these women, you know, just accomplishing these fantastic feats in the time when literally all odds were against them. That is so exceptionally my jam. And the reason that I want to mention this here is because what actually ends up taking her down is a murder that happens and it brings the police to her door and she finds herself becoming framed for it. So let me tell you a bit about the story. So born in Philadelphia in the late, late 1800s, Hannah Elias has, you know, has done some things in her past to survive, to get by. But what she wants is a new start. So she moves to New York City and decides to become rich. And just through the, by using her mind and just using her sharp, you know, wit, through multiple businessmen, she starts investing in the stock market and she starts making millions on millions and she hides this, these millions in 29 different banks, right? And this is all under, you know, different identities and different, like, under the guises of different people. And then eventually she she has always, you know, dreamed of living in a mansion. So she buys one in the Upper West Side. And so she's living her life as as she's always wanted. But then because of so many identities, one of the mistaken identities uh, makes her a suspect in the murder that has happened in New York in that time. And it's, so it exposes Hannah. It exposes how she's gotten this money so far. It exposes her past. And all of a sudden, she finds that there are protesters outside of her house. And the press is after her. And it's just... this. It, and there's a scandalous trial that follows. So it's just this spiral of things that happen. And I am so intrigued by this is because it's like you know a woman fighting again like against all odds and then just how pissed that makes everyone like how dare she you know like how dare and like that is just so 100% my jam and anything to do with historical New York I am there I am there I am always convinced I was born in the wrong century that I should be have born there so yes so like for fans of Wharton who love like vivid who love vivid descriptions of New York who love just getting into that and like for fans of Diamond Doris who sort of enjoy you know like a black woman taking power from all the white people and sort of just deceiving them on their own tricks and it's just fantastic it's like it just sounds fantastic and I am I cannot wait. So that's The Great Mrs. Elias by Barbara Chase Reboot, and it comes out on February 8th. All right. So my second pick is by an author we've talked about a couple times on the show. This is The Book of Cold Cases by Simone St. James. And previously, you have heard us talk about The Sundown Motel by Simone St. James, which came out in early 2020. And this book was really good. It combined murder mystery plus true crime plus some ghost story thrown in there. And it was just a really engrossing, creepy, atmospheric read that just hit all the right notes. And I really enjoyed it. And so this book sounds like it's going to hit a lot of those same notes. It's especially with the true crime element. So again, there's like with the Sundown Motel, there was a crime that was committed previously. And then you have present day someone trying to figure out what happened. So in this case, the previous crime happened in 1977 in Oregon, when two men were seemingly randomly chosen and were murdered with the same gun with strange notes left behind. 
And a woman was seen running from the scene of one of the crimes or one of the murders. That woman was Beth Greer, and they thought that she was the lady killer who had murdered these men. And she was rich. She was eccentric. She was 23 years old. She was seen fleeing one of the crime scenes. But ultimately, she was acquitted, and she retreated and became kind of a live-in eccentric in her giant mansion. So fast forward... 40 years to 2017. I'm doing the math in my head. I'm like, wait a minute. 40 years, we have Shay Collins, who is a receptionist, but by night she runs a true crime website called The Book of Cold Cases. And this is just, this is her passion project. And when she meets Beth by chance, Shay asks her for an interview. And to her surprise, Beth says yes. So they start meeting regularly at Beth's mansion, even though Shay is never comfortable there. And Things move when she's not looking. She keeps thinking that she's seen someone outside the window. And there's just stuff that's that's going on that makes her really uneasy. But the idea of learning what's actually happened or what actually happened 40 years ago from someone who was very close to to the crimes is too much for Shay to resist. So she kind of like pushes away all those red flags and keeps going over there. But again, it's getting harder and harder to shake the sensation that something is not right. And on Crime Reads, they say, you will sink into this novel faster than you would a peat bog. And I'm like, yes, that's what I want right now. <laughs> that's it. This just seems like the kind of book, just an engrossing page turner that you can just, you know, block off some time, Grab a comfy blanket, grab a grab a hot beverage, and just immerse yourself in this novel. And obviously, I haven't read this book yet, but what was the case with the Sundown Motel? It hits a lot of those creepy notes, but it's not overwhelmingly scary for people who don't usually read horror. So it's the the Sundown Motel was not outright horror. And I know several readers who picked it up and were like, yeah, I don't usually do scary, but this book was really good. So I'm hoping that that will be the same as well. So even if you're thinking, "Mm, I don't know, I don't do really creepy, you might be able to do it with this one. And I hope that you will at least give the Sundown Motel a chance because yeah, that that book was really, really good. And I, like I said, fingers crossed, I'm hoping that this is going to be more of the same. So again, that is The Book of Cold Cases by Simone St. James. Okay, so I have a lot of thoughts on this. First thing, <laughs> you all have to read this book as well because I lived in Oregon for two years. <laughs> so now, you know, there you go. Another reason to read this. But the second thing is, go sign on the Sundown Motel. I have never been... So funny enough, when I finished reading that book, after two or three months from that, we, we moved from Oregon to um, California. And in the middle, we stayed in a hotel, which was like a mix of hotel and a motel. Oh, no. And, and, and it had a vending machine. You oh, know? no. If you know, if you know, you know. So, and I have never, and every time we passed a motel either driving or even that motel, I was afraid to leave my room after dark. And like with a toddler, like you forget a billion things in your car. And I was just afraid. I was like afraid to look out my window. And it had a gorgeous view of the Pacific Ocean. But I was like, I'm not looking at it. I don't know what's going on. And every time we walked by the vending machines, the ice machine, I just like her writing was so 
good and so vivid. And then I remember I gave my copy to a friend and I was and she was like, I am a chicken. I was like, I know you are, but read this anyway. Like read this anyway because it will change how you look at a Snickers bar. And I'll leave it at that. So, so it was so good and I'm so so excited for this one. Oh, but yeah, okay. But that was all of my thoughts. It will change how you look at a Snickers bar. I love that. <laughs> so good you guys it was it was perfect it was like it will you know how you all you get this itch to solve a murder it will scratch that itch because you like you like go on the solving trip oh it's, yeah it's so good it's so good okay so now it's time for our honorable mention so these are the books that we're gonna attempt please take the word attempt with a grain of salt lightly we're gonna attempt lightly to you know sum up in maybe one or two sentences and why we're excited about them because you know we could talk for hours about this you you've you've all been here you know we could talk for hours about this so my first honorable mention is homicide and a halo halo it's by mia p manansala and this is the second in the tita rosie's kitchen mystery series and the first book arsenic and adobo was actually my most anticipated read of 2021 and it was fantastic um this is a cozy mystery series which features our heroine lila macapagal and she uh, she has moved back and she's helping her um basically her family revive their family business of you know of this rest of this restaurant they have and in this one she's back and she, her dream is to start her own restaurant, but that's not going to happen after the unpleasantness that happens in the previous book, which you'll have to read to find out. And on top of this, she also has some friendship issues where in her little town of Shady Palms, the Miss Teen Shady Palms beauty pageant has been resurrected and her cousin slash uh, her, basically her cousin her and slash rival Bernadette has always been bitter that she lost from Leela but when the judge of the pa- uh, pageant is found dead and her cousin Bernadette becomes the prime victim they have to put their they have to put their differences aside and sort of solve this problem together and this sounds like the perfect amount of you know this sounds like a different take on a cozy or usually a romance that needs to be fixed you know like like, and this sounds more like family or friendship or just like sisterhood that needs to be fixed. And I am excited for that one. And her, if you're looking for a foodie, cozy mystery series to like with some delicious, you know, mouthwatering food uh, descriptions, then this should be on your radar. So until the book comes out on February 8th, you can catch up and read the first book, Arsenic and Adobo. And this one is Homicide and Halo Halo by Mia B. Manansala. All right. So my first honorable mention is a second book from an author that I talked about last year. This book is This Might Hurt by Stephanie Robel. So Stephanie Robel's first book uh, came out last year. No, I'm sorry, in 2020. It was called Darling Rose Gold. And it had all the trigger warnings for abusive family situations. It talks about Munchausen by proxy, and this book is just the definition of messed up. Like, it, it is a nasty psychological thriller. And just when you think you've got everything figured out, you're like, oh my god. So her second book is coming out this year, and again, it's called This Might Hurt. And this time she is writing a book about cults, because cults, of course, are just kind of everywhere right now. Whether it's fiction, documentaries, nonfiction, 
the news. <laughs> like, things are happening right now with, with cults. And so in this book, Natalie Collins is the main character. Her sister has signed up for a minimum six-month stay at this retreat called Wisewood, which is billed as like this private island where the guests detox from technology in order to, quote-unquote, maximize their true selves. And yeah, already, yeah, this, this is just smelling of all kinds of not right stuff here. But a year later, her sister is still apparently there, except Natalie can't get a hold of her. And Wisewood has started reaching out to her, and they have some surprising and threatening demands. So if this book is anything like Stephanie Robles' first one, like I said, just full of twists and dread and just razor-sharp writing and... Yeah, I am really excited for this one. And again, that is called This Might Hurt by Stephanie Robel. All right. So my next pick, my next honorable mention is The Cartographers by Ben Shepard. And I think it was in Crime Reads where they said, imagine Paper Towns by John Green's for adults and making much more sense. And I just laugh <laughs> at that for like a good whole minute. And I was like, yes, basically, I need this immediately. So it's basically like it suggests about cartography. Our main character, Nell Young, her whole life has been basically cartography and she has worked with her father dr daniel young who is sort of a legend in this field but she hasn't spoken to him in ages because he fired her after she presented a map to him and he just sort of dismissed it and just put her down for coming up with the map and you know just basically broke her dark spirit but when dr young is found dead in his office in the new york public library holding the map that nell had made it turns out it was a much more important map that he had led on. And now, like, now it's exceedingly rare. And now there's people coming to get it. And also her father is dead. And she feels like something is, you know, it's all linked together. So, like, it, we jump into this speculative fiction mystery sort of situation. And I am ready for it because the whole like, maps are something that always fascinate me. But I feel like like a whole book about, you know, just the art of cartography is just going to blow me away. And especially for fans of speculative fiction, uh, for people who love the book of M, I think this is a perfect book to mark your calendars with. So this, it is The Cartographers by Bang Shepard, and this comes out March 15th. Okay, so my second honorable mention, an author we have talked about many times on this show. We know her, we love her. It's Alma Katsu, and her next book that's coming out on April 26th is called Fervor. And with this one, she is returning to her, her supernatural historical thriller roots that she started with The Hunger, which was the story of the Donner Party, but what if there was something supernatural stalking them? And that book was amazing, and every person who has read it, even people who don't read scary things, really enjoyed it. And this time, the fervor takes place in 1944 in the internment camps in the U.S., where Mako Briggs and her daughter uh, and her daughter Aiko wait for news of her husband, who's at war, and they find themselves dealing with some strange new sickness and folkloric monsters, and there's. There's just stuff going on. And 
yeah, creepy folkloric monsters and illness and set in the Japanese internment camps in World War II. So you know that there's going to be a lot happening both on the creepy side, but also on the historical side. There's there's a lot, just a lot of different things adding to this story. And I can't wait to get my hands on this book. And again, that is The Fervor by Alma Katsu, and that comes out on April 26th. All right. And then my last honorable mention is Secret Identity by Alex Segura. And this comes out March 15th. And this tells of a Cuban-American named Carmen Valdez, who moves from her hometown from Miami to New York in the 1970s to work in the comic book industry. And it's like the odds are not in her favor. She's trying to make her way in a very hugely male-dominated very white-centric industry, but she ends up getting an opportunity. She finds herself, she becomes an assistant at Triumph Comics and between staying, like, you know, between living in a hard city, trying to, just trying to get by, um, she gets a chance to write a comic book that she has always dreamed of writing, that she's grown up, you know, reading. But the person helping her on this comic book ends up murdered and the police officer that is assigned on this case is definitely hiding something from her. And so Carmen just finds herself at the center of trying to accomplish a dream, but also bringing this person that helped her get this far to justice. And it just sounds, it's like the comic book industry in the 1970s, New York with, with just a struggling person just trying to make it through on a publishing salary and all, you know, the, all, all the usual, but like, it just sounds fantastic. It just, uh, with like, with the twist of murder and mystery thrown into it. So I am super excited. And Alex Segura's previous books are also super duper fantastic. And they are, and he, he creates this atmosphere of like, nostalgia and war and whatever he writes so the fact that this is 1970s america is that means there's definitely going to be some noir involved so i am super excited and looking forward to it and that is secret identity by alex segura all right so uh my next honorable mention is our little world by karen Wynn, which comes out on may 3rd and this is taking a step away from the psychological horror bent that i've been that I the theme that I was creating with my list. This one it has a little bit more of a literary coming of age edge to it, but this it just sounds so interesting. So it's set in 1985 and it focuses on two sisters who have a they have a very strong rivalry, but they they have this this complex relationship and one of them ends up dead. That Crime Reads gives that away in their little blurb. I'm not counting that as a spoiler. But before that, they spend their summer searching for a missing girl, along with the rest of the town looking for this girl that's gone missing. And then dark secrets come to the foreground, and this small town that they live in just begins to crumble. So you've got complicated sister relationships, plus 80s summer nostalgia, I'm going to call that, plus missing child and dark small town secrets. And this just seems like a just perfect encapsulation of lots of the little things that ring that ring my bell. So I am excited to pick this one up. And again, that is called Our Little World by Karen Wynn. And that comes out on May 3rd. And then because I am absolutely a liar, and I, I had to include one more book, just one more. And that book is called Patricia Wants to Cuddle by Samantha Lee Allen. It comes out on June 28th. 
And again, I I take this from crime reads because they they say that this is the lesbian Sasquatch novel you've always wanted. And I mean, how can you resist a book with a with a hook like that? You can't. That's what you do. You cannot resist. You do not resist. You can't. You do not resist. You can't. Yeah, you can't. And so if you have been looking for a lesbian Sasquatch novel and just have come up short, fear not. Your wait (laughs) is almost at an end. And that is called Patricia Wants to Cuddle by Samantha Lee Allen. And that comes out on June 28th. And I have no idea what's going to happen in that book. And I kind of don't care. (laughs) And we are, and I am right there with you. We are here for it. Woo! And we didn't even, like, scratch the surface of how many Ugh. books are coming out. Like, I know, Nezra, when you were like, so do you want to do, like, two like two main ones and then, like, three honorable mentions? I'm like, oh, how am I going to cut my list down to that? <laughs> and, like, I had started making a list and I had already been cutting stuff back. I'm like, no, I'm not going to put that one on there. And I still had, like, 10 or 12 titles that I had to narrow it down from, so... <laughs> There are so many good books coming out. So this is the time of year to just like to jump in and increase your TBR, make it cry, but expand your heart, make it grow a few sizes as you look at all of the murder and mayhem that's being released this year. Basically, in a nutshell, that's our <laughs> that's our pitch. That's our, uh, you know, elevator pitch uh, for show for this show and for our life. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. And uh, obviously, we'll be talking. And this is not our only episode of the year. We will make sure we're definitely updating you on all the upcoming releases, books you should watch out for in our upcoming episodes. So stay tuned always. Yes. And if you have any of your own picks that you are super duper excited for this year, let us know. Our TBRs are not long enough. We want to hear about what what you all are interested in. So please let us let us know. Send us your suggestions. Oh, there's so many new books to explore, and I'm so happy. (laughs) It is a good feeling. And that is our show. Thank you so much to everyone for listening, uh, for tuning in. Thank you so much to our wonderful sound editor, Jen Zink, for always making us sound great. For show notes, you can head over to bookriot.com slash listen. For more book recommendations and bookish goodness, head over to bookriot.com. And don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen or just search Book Riot on your podcast player of choice. If you want to send an email with feedback or show suggestions, you can reach us at dead at bookriot.com. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter at Javed Nasra. That's J-A-V-E-D-N-U-S-R-A-H. And you can find me on Twitter at KT underscore library lady. And we will talk to you next time. Oh,